Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement. And we are about to get under the influence. show today I have Miss Heather Lake I'm actually kind of fangirling because I think me and my dad we've talked about this but watch you on Fox 5 every morning you're an amazing lifestyle reporter you've been in media for 11 years and I'm really excited to have you on to not only hear your story but to just hear about media and how we're seeing this huge change right now with you know social media really playing an active part of how news spreads yeah so before we dive into all that fun stuff Tell us your story. How did you even get into, you know, being a reporter? It's kind of fun. So thanks, first of all, um, for having me. This is so fun. We're like literally watching people like on spin bikes at Petco Park. And it's like a gorgeous little spot here. I love San Diego with all of my heart. And I'm so excited to um, and be working in such an awesome city. But uh, it all started, honestly, fifth grade, I would read the morning announcements. In elementary school, like Pledge Allegiance, what you're having for lunch. Wait, you're so cute. I (laughs) cannot, I'm not kidding you. And I always thought I would be like, you know, a a White House correspondent and work in DC and be very serious. And when I was in school in Florida, I went to the University of Central Florida. I really was focused on that. I had a double major going on with broadcast journalism and international studies and I was in it. I was this smart girl who was spending all my time in books and in our newsroom. And we had one of the most state-of-the-art newsrooms really in the country. We were, and this is making kind of aging myself, but we were one of the very first newsrooms that wasn't going tape to tape for editing. We were using Final Cut Pro. We had like a full-on um, production every Tuesday. And this was, I mean, this wasn't that long ago, but that shows you how quickly technology is moving, especially in all of our industries and media. But yeah, so we were doing that. And every Tuesday we had a broadcast. So it allowed you to be on TV at a very young age and and figure out how to do all of it. That is so cool. I mean, I don't even think, yeah, I don't think any of my schools ever even had that. Yeah. Even in high school. It was pretty cool. And I think the local station in Orlando, Florida, which is where I was going to school, kind of saw that and picked us up. So I was this local student correspondent for them while I was in college. So I was on air very early on, given kind of this opportunity to do live shots with them, which was really cool. So I had this resume tape that not a lot of college students get the chance to have. I was going to say, can we still see? We see like I don't a young know. I know. <laughs> I wish I did, but it's like all of that stuff is not, it was on DVC Pro Tapes, which is very old school. And I feel like it's probably in the attic somewhere on this tape mm-hmm. that I don't know how I would even get it. Someone's somewhere could, you know, (laughs) dub it and put it on to some kind of file. But yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. I spent a year and a half in North Carolina being at WCTI, which is this ABC station near the um, Marine Corps base, Camp Pendleton, or I mean, I'm sorry, Camp Lejeune, Camp Pendleton's out here. So that's how it kind of like, it worked for me to transition out to San Diego when Fox 5 was launching. The military stories and the Marine Corps base being out here helped me, I think, when someone was hiring me here to say like, oh, she's got this 
this foundation and a lot of what our viewers are here. And yeah. so I had worked so closely alongside a lot of the Marine Corps and Camp Lejeune um, and doing a lot of military stories. And this was when we were going into Iraq and Afghanistan and our guys were coming back with the first I guess, remnants of what you would call post-traumatic stress. We were all starting to finally talk about it as reporters. So these were like really hard hitting stories that I was working on um, with our our nation's military and really big deployments and what was happening overseas. And so to come full circle, now I'm like a lifestyle feature reporter playing around at the San Diego Zoo is is fascinating. (laughs) But honestly, it was like, one Christmas, I started filling in for this lifestyle reporter who was out of town and we had a bunch of changes happening in the morning show and they liked it and the opportunity came. And I was kind of like, man, I have like been doing these hardening stories for a really long time and this is fun. Yeah. And so it stuck. And 11 years later, here I am. That's crazy so. though, but you're so much fun to watch. And I, I also too, I kind of want to break this down because I don't know if a lot of our listeners know the different style of reporting. Right. I know they know what probably what like a news anchor is and what mm-hmm. the weather, what the weather man, woman is. Mm-hmm. But what is a lifestyle reporter? Give us so, like a brief description. Yeah, I'll never stand, well, unless there's like Armageddon, like I'm never standing behind yellow tape, like no destruction, no death. For me, I'm something that like your kids could turn on the TV and watch every morning. Okay. So new restaurants in San Diego, when the Padres come to town, we show their opening day. I'm at Del Mar, I'm at Comic-Con, you know, new movies, entertainment, all of that stuff, new shops, small businesses, everything like You're that. You're like the fun part. Yeah. You're I'm the total fun the part. The fun part of the show. So if people are looking for, and even health and wellness, right? Yeah. I do a lot of that, which is personally like a big thing for me. Yeah. And I think San, people live in San Diego for health and wellness too. So I like totally. um, putting kind of like that in its own little category for at least once a week. I love so. that so much. And I, I mean, like I said, I, we love watching you. It seems like you're every morning. I mean, me and you kind of chatted a little bit about it, but tell us your morning schedule because it's kind of <laughs> insane. The routine is pretty nuts. 3.45 is like the first alarm a.m., which is actually sleeping in because a lot of my colleagues, our show starts at 4.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Fox 5, tune in, you know, <laughs> shameless plugs. No, but, you know, they wake up at like 2.30. So 3.45 is like, oh man, you must be a veteran and you get to sleep in. And then like my, Heather, you have to get out of bed is like 4 a.m. That's like the latest wow. possible clock and I and I get up I wash my teeth my wash my face I brush my teeth and then I'm out the door within like 15 minutes like the car is packed the night before with my outfits Uh the many different outfit changes or whatever I have and (laughs) I get into the station looking basically like a homeless person like in my pajamas (laughs) or yoga pants or whatever I'm wearing and then the transformation happens at the station in this little crummy bathroom that my weather girl our weather girl Chrissy Russo and I share we've shared for years and the conversations that could be recorded in there are obscene, um, <laughs> but fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so we get ready within 30 minutes and we're ready for TV. Um, no, no hair and makeup, like no stylist, like we do it all. And I think I kind of like have started to just be like, I'm priding myself on the fact that I do my own hair and makeup. Like, But your hair and makeup looks amazing. And I think anyone that watches you feels like it actually looks like it could be professionally done. I mean, hope so. That's the yeah, goal. No, <laughs> that's the does. goal. Yeah. So that's amazing. So tell me a little bit, you know, I mean, you came from this hard hitting stuff and then you kind of turned to this really awesome lifestyle reporting. What, what keeps you passionate? Like, what is the passion that drives you? I mean, 11 years in this industry, that's yeah. crazy. It's, um, you know, it's a day-to-day change. Like sometimes it's, it's almost the passion behind the people who I know are going to be waking up the next morning and it's their first time on TV Mm -hmm. and their business is, you know, they, they, 
couldn't pay for the marketing. That's sometimes what we're going to give them on TV, you know, whether it's like a really cool idea and their, their business is something new in the neighborhood. And it's this couple that has, you know, two little kids and they finally get to show off their popsicle company or whatever it is, you know, or it's like, for me, um, you know, and waking up and knowing that I'm going to give them this opportunity is pretty cool. Right. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I'm the person behind the, maybe they have a lot of nerves being on TV or talking Mm -hmm. in front of a camera and I'm going to help that go away for them for like the three minutes that we're in front of the camera together. It's like, it's a pretty cool moment being in this for so many years because I feel like I trained someone on TV like live every morning. (laughs) And I always tell them, I'm like, don't worry. Like I won't let you mess up. And it's true. Like I'll pick them up and we'll do this. Like no matter what, like they're, they're in the position where they're going to get their, the best light put on their business for the morning because I've already personally chosen it. I produce all of my stuff. So mm-hmm. I've already personally found the story that I want to tell. I've done my research. And when I show up there in the morning, it's because I think that they're worthwhile telling to our other viewers, you know, in San Diego, yeah. you know, and then there's the days like last Friday where I get to go to Disneyland and show yes. up, you know, like Halloween at Disneyland and, and it's fun. And it's like, man, I'm getting paid to do this. <laughs> right. Like, cool. Like, why not? You know, going back to the question though, about hard hitting journalism, it is really hard every once in a while when I do want to tell a story that I think has legs and I think is something in the community and I don't have the time or opportunity to work on a day side story. So a lot of the time what I do get to do is I get to pass that along to our other reporters on the Mm -hmm. day side and I can give them some tips and I can give them some numbers. And I know that because we have such a good crew Mm -hmm. that they'll do it justice, which is good. You know, whether it's like a court story or it's some kind of health story or it's something around the community that I'm like, Hey, people are looking into this, you know? So So you guys really kind of operate as a team. We try. (laughs) I would say, yeah, yeah, we definitely try the news desk, um, the assignment desk, which is what takes in, you know, that person takes, it's like the most thankless job in the newsroom because they do everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like organizing the stories, putting everything together, taking the calls of like people who are either happy or not happy. I was just going to say, I'm laughing because I know in the PR industry, you know, we have like our interns that are constantly calling and alerting the news desk and we feel so bad because we have to hit them and blanket them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, now things are changed a little bit, but that used to be the way of doing it, right? It's called a news desk, you call an assignment desk, you hit them hard. Yeah. And so a lot of it is via email nowadays, thankfully, because it's, it is funny. Like we talk about changing technology. It's like, who's ever on the phone, Yeah, you know, like yeah. who talks on the phone and you don't send a news desk text. So no, even DMs, right? Like I'm sure yeah. you ever like people yeah. just reach out to you via DM. Well, and that's like the interesting part about producing is I have started to produce a lot of my stuff. If it's not pitches from PR companies, it's reaching out on Instagram. and Facebook and looking at the messages. And I think it's actually really cool that local news reporters are so like, we're just in a, an arm's reach, right? Like we're so accessible and it's like, here I am. Like, I don't have a private account. Like you can just take a look at my stuff, like direct message me. And I mean, I can't look at all of my direct messages, but you know, I, I tend to go through it often. Sometimes every once in a while, I'll be sitting there before bed. I'm like, Oh, I bet you there's like a cool story idea. Well, and that's how me and you even got connected. Yeah, exactly. We both started DMing each other. We're like, hey, like we should probably get together and yeah. just have a conversation. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what do you do? This is really interesting. And yeah. I think that's the biggest question I get asked. I don't think anyone has any idea. I don't even know what I do full time. I'm just out here just doing the thing. <laughs> I say that to my husband all the time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure your office is just surfboard storage. <laughs> I'm like 100% sure that's what happens with that. 
yeah. I love it. So tell us about your husband and kids because you have these adorable children. I love <laughs> And you honestly, you make so much time for them. Or it seems like you really do. Yeah. Tell us about your Well, family. when you work, when everyone's sleeping, then you have all day <laughs> to like spend with your family, right? It's awesome. But yeah, um, so I met my husband on TV, actually. I was doing the feature at this place called US CrossFit, and he was training there and was one of the coaches there in his, we call it his radical sabbatical time that he was like in between <laughs> jobs. I think he made up a job that he had when we were meeting um, and dating because he <laughs> told me he had a job. I really don't think he did. Way. Sorry. I love you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but yeah, so I met him. There was like 40 guys going through some 50 hour Navy SEAL training camp or whatever. And he was the only one wearing the wrong color t-shirt. <laughs> and I pulled him out on live TV and I was like, we'd like to thank this guy for wearing a gray t-shirt because we can tell how like hard everyone is sweating. Oh. And he proceeds to take the shirt off, which in oh, turn, boy. yeah, which in turn <laughs> was great, you know, great for if you want to meet someone. Yeah. Um, you're so, like, wait, listen, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it started there. We didn't start dating like at that moment, but you know, uh, information was exchanged, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how we met. Um, and he is, yeah, he's lived in San Diego for a really long time. Great dad, of course. And so he actually owns a local, um, supplement company wow. called Bubs Naturals. Wow, and so, cool. yeah, long story behind Bubs Naturals, but it is awesome. And they're making collagen and MCT powder right now. And I swear it's like, just fuels me through the morning. So we started making stuff like putting supplements into the line that we loved. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that how you should do anything, right? Like you kind of create a company, like anyone who's watched Shark Tank a million times over can sit there and say, well, most of the companies that survive are ones that use their own products every day. Yeah. And so that's kind of something that we started doing. And then 10% of every sale of what we do goes back to military charity. Bub is the call sign of one of our friends who passed away in Benghazi. Um, oh the 9-11 attacks. Wow. I know. I know. It's um, it's like I can talk about it now because mm-hmm. it was seven years ago. But at the time, it was like, man, we were starting this company a couple years ago. And it was like trying to tell anyone the story. I would just like burst into tears. And I'm like, man, this is the first time that I can't be on TV and like talk about something without yeah. like being super emotional. But I think like you get to the point where you tell the story and you realize that like you're making something good about it and well, like, you're honoring your friend yeah, and you're passing the forward, passing the story forward. So the whole idea about the charity is called the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. It's for special operations, uh, military members and their families to get continued education. So we're giving them scholarships to help out there continuing because the GI Bill has a lot of gaps. So people are like, oh, we've got the GI Bill. That's great. Well, we've been able to give scholarships to guys who are like coming out of the Navy SEALs. They already have their bachelor's degree, but they're like, oh, I just got accepted to get this certificate at Harvard. And it's like, it's expensive, right? Yeah. So we have a couple of guys who now they're literally going to Harvard. Okay. So, so I guess like, too, and I'm, I mean, catch me up a little bit on this because I don't know a ton about like the GI Bill or anything yeah. like that. But so you're saying that they get something to go to a school like Harvard, yeah. but then they don't necessarily get the funds to be able to- Well, the GI through. Bill would pay for only so much of school. So maybe oh, their GI I Bill paid for their bachelor's degree or even maybe mm-hmm. a master's. Okay. And so, but then these guys are getting out of being like a fully operational, like special ops, we're talking like yeah. Navy SEALs and, and continuing and- What's really interesting is that sometimes it's like they get out and I mean, we tell the story all the time. A lot of the guys get out of the military and they're like, I don't know what to do if I'm not deploying or like a high operating job. Right. And so 
you know, whether it's like maybe it's being a doctor, maybe they were a medic in the field, like our buddy Glenn was a medic and it would have been so cool to have seen him continue that. Right. Right. But the schooling that it takes to do that. I mean, you're going to go get your doctorate after being a Navy SEAL and retiring from the military after so many years. It's a, not only is it a very lofty goal, but it's super expensive. So So some of these guys are just doing that and figuring out how to change their life and then go in a different direction after so many years in the military. That's incredible. And you guys provide them with those scholarships. I mean, that's wow. It's I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a small charity that's like building. So we can provide like six scholarships annually and like work on that, but it's still like to be able to change one person's life, right. To be able to change six people's lives, maybe 20 people's lives is a really huge deal. Well, and so. San Diego being such a, you know, kind of military yeah. base camp in a yeah. sense, I mean, I'm sure there's so many people that are so appreciative of yeah. it. Yeah. It's been really cool. It's That's been cool. amazing. So I love that. I, I do want to kind of ask you, you know, I love that, you know, your husband has your own, has his own business. And obviously I kind of consider you this boss babe because you've, <laughs> you've been in your industry for so long and you really just have it nailed down. But was there anybody that was of like a like a specific influence to you or somebody that you kind of looked up to all these years doing the news? I think there's always – what's really cool being the youngest one in the newsroom, there's always an anchor, right, mm-hmm. that's like there. It's like they're called anchors, I almost want to say, for a reason because <laughs> they quite literally are the anchor. And when I got to San Diego, I saw a familiar face in Raul Martinez. And oh, yeah. Raul was a reporter and anchor when I was in Orlando, and mm-hmm. I was an intern at his station. No way. And I didn't even know he was here. So I walked into the newsroom. He's like, hey, like, what are you doing? You were a kid. Like, I can't believe you got a job. And I was. I was 23 years old when yeah. I got a job in San Diego, which it's like very, very lucky. I was very fortunate to have found someone who thought I had potential, you know. So it was great. And I had a lot to learn. And I tell Raul all the time, if we're ever having a rut, which, you know, 11 years in the same newsroom, you're bound to have highs and lows. And luckily for us, it's a lot of highs, you know, but I'm always like, Raul, you teach me something new every day. Like, I love watching him. I love learning from him. Um, And there's so many anchors, amazing anchors in our newsroom in San Diego. But he truly is someone who I'm like, I really learned something from him. Yeah. Every day. And he's a dad. He has two kids. So he like balances it all very well. He's, he's hilarious. He's hilarious, but he's so smart. Like a lot of people don't realize that you can't be funny unless you're smart. You I know. Yeah. And there's like something to being witty on TV at that early in the morning. That is like an extreme <laughs> talent. It's yeah. like it doesn't just like happen. You know, I, I just love him. I love him and Shali. They yeah. Me up. She's They're amazing. Great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, and you're friends with her. Oh, yeah. Her and I are like, I mean, it's like hard to not have these really cool friendships with people that you get up with that early in the morning. It's like, um, what do they call it? It's like a shared suffering or something, right? (laughs) It's like you automatically have this connection with these people. And I always say like I'm driving there and every once in a while I'm like, what am I doing? And then it's like you get there and you're like, it's okay. Everyone else is up. Like we're all here. Team's here. We're good. It's going to be okay. So yeah, I mean, I think over the years we've all had this like, and we've all had babies together. That's also what's so cool is that you guys have been like, like it's been a really long standing team, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like I watched Chrissy and Shali both go through their pregnancies and I think like on our show, getting up early in the morning, not feeling good, figuring it out, and then coming back from maternity leave and like looking like bombshells. And I'm like, oh man, now I have to do that too, (laughs) right? Like not only is it like a little bit of a like, it's motivating, but it's also like, oh gosh, like 
I need to live up to these same standards. So it's good though. The girls are, you know, we're, we're girlfriends on the weekend just as much as we are during the week and we can Aww. share, you know, whatever it is that we're going through. And I think everyone, um, that's why we've stayed so long. Yeah. You know, that's why we're here. And then it's like, you know, we get off at 1130 in a place where it's summer, 365 days out of the year. So that's kind of hard to miss. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, I love that it, it, it sounds like kind of like this dream job, right? I know. Like, we I know. have really awesome people, but I'm sure it wasn't always like that. Yeah. And I kind of want to ask you, what is, what was the hardest part of your career? You yeah. Know, again, being in this 11 years, that's, I keep saying 11 years because I, I feel like I've seen so many kind of TV reporters kind mm-hmm. of just either turn over or they have a couple of years here and they go do something different. So yeah, what was like the hardest part and how did you kind of over? I think it's morning show. I think it's the shift. It's like, and I still have the conversation like every six months, like with my husband, sorry, I'm not leaving my job, but I do, <laughs> I do, I do have the conversation with my husband often. That's like, how long are you really going to do this? Because you will hit a bit of a burnout every mm-hmm. once in a while. And you'll see someone that maybe was like in the business with you, whether it was a producer or an anchor for Dayside or someone who's been in the, the business and, and been like your desk mate or something. And you see them leave yeah. for something else exciting yeah. or something that gives them a little more of a um, flexible schedule or something right. that you're like, okay, I wouldn't have to get up at four every morning. It's hard. It is really hard. And I think people know it. And I think that's also what makes people ultimately curious about how we operate. Cause like we're not robots, right? I know. But some days you do feel that way. And by 8 PM, you're like, oh my gosh, like someone's pulled the plug on me. Like I can't handle anything more. So I think like the struggle comes around like once every like six months or so where you're just like, I need a big break. Mm -hmm. Like I need to like take a week off and sleep or something to like recharge the batteries. But then anytime that I have that conversation, whether it's with my husband or maybe even Raul or maybe like one of my coworkers, Chrissy and I have the conversation all the time that we're like, but people get burnout and the nine to five. Oh, right. Totally. And they need the week, two week, whatever it is, length vacation. And I think everyone goes through it. You know what I mean? And like to know that I have always this to go back to and this fun job and these people, like all of us are just like so fortunate, right? Like I'm like, man, it's true that like luck is like not luck. It's like opportunity, timing, hard work, like all those things working together. And there's us on the show are like, this is hard. And like, we know that like the shift is crazy, but this is a fun ride. And we're just going to like take the train till it literally (laughs) like stops at the station. And like, who knows when that is, you know, but we're trying to hold it together. I will say like the bags under the eyes, thank goodness for like good concealer. (laughs) I like my husband and I were out for our anniversary this weekend and we're like, these kids are aging us like presidents. (laughs) Like hands down, it is like thank goodness for the fake lashes and everything else to like add to the mix. I haven't gone into that yet. Like I feel like makeup is just my best friend, but someone did give me one of those jade rollers, Uh and I was like, 
I might just have to be doing this every morning, like put Girl. it in the fridge. I'm a, yep. I'm going to get you a skin fridge, some patchology, you okay. know, a little jade roller. My youngest really? laughing because we have a skin fridge. She literally has a jade roller. She'll like pull okay. out after. Yeah. I mean, maybe all these things, like I'm a, all about it. Maybe I'll just start it like in the newsroom somewhere. I'm just like the ladies fridge, right? You should. Like- oh my God. Okay. Listen. Any people <laughs> listening, send Heather your skin fridge recommendations I love it. and I products. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I guess too, that's that was kind of gonna be my second question is like what ways do you help yourself get through that burnout? Is it just taking time off or yeah. is it, you know, having those conversations and realizing, wait, you know, I do love these parts of my job and then in every job there are the hard parts. Yeah. Right? There is the hard work. Yeah. So what do you what are some ways in which you kind of help yourself? Well, one thing I do is I write a lot. Something I did on maternity leave, and I think a lot of women um, could relate to on maternity leave, you have such a mix of emotions. You have these new babies and you wonder like, I'm gonna miss their moments if I go back to work. Should I go back to work? Should I stay? And then there's a somewhere around like the three month mark that she'll like get me out of here. I need, <laughs> I need my own time, like whatever. And some moms don't ever have that moment. Yeah. Like everyone's different, but you have so many mix of emotions that I decided on a weekly basis, I would write down how I was feeling yeah. and I would see how those emotions changed within weeks and months and how they progress. And I think a lot of women, we love just like talking about our emotions yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and and you can pay a lot of money to talk to someone about <laughs> your emotions. I mean, heck, I'll take it. Like whatever, you know. It's like I don't think we we don't write down things a lot anymore because we don't have some of us don't have like the old school like a pen and a notepad. I know the yeah. way we used to when your mom used to tell you to go write in your diary or yeah. you used to just because you did. It's like it seems old fashioned. And I mean, yeah, you could do it on your laptop, whatever makes you happy. Sometimes like really writing things down and then going back and assessing like how you felt about it because we live in such an age of things are moving so fast. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, you know, your groceries are ordered on Amazon now, like the things that you would maybe do and like leisurely get done in a day or like how many things can I get done in 10 minutes? And, you know, and like, we just don't take the time. And luckily a maternity leave for me was like taking the time. That's awesome. So I did, I had these two moments in my life with my two babies where I had these three months to assess where I was in this space yeah. in this time. And I tell every woman to do it. Like if the baby's sleeping, like take this time and like, you know, we'll take a nap first of all yourself if you can, <laughs> but, but then like really write down how you're feeling and do that. And then after you've assessed your own feelings yourself, then find that friend yeah. that you can confide in to talk about. And maybe it's your husband mm-hmm. too. You know, maybe he's super understanding and a good talker and communicator yeah. and those things too. I think a lot of the time we're too we're too quick to instead of like understanding how we feel ourselves, to just go and like have a glass of wine and like really like dive into like your feelings with somebody else as opposed to just really assessing where you are. Yeah. Like we don't have a lot of quiet time to ourselves anymore. And like, right. sometimes it's like, and you don't have to be all hippie about it and like all yogi, like go meditate or whatever. Like, <laughs> we don't have to call it all those things. Right. Totally. It's just like, just like really, how are you feeling? Yeah. Right. And just like, yeah. it doesn't have to be a long time or anything like that. But I think having those moments, writing things down for me was like a great therapeutic way to do that. And now a lot of the times, like I'm, I'm running, I'm training for the New York city marathon. Yes. So it's really funny because the past weekend I was like, I, I get to go on a 15 mile run and most people would be like dreading it. And I'm like, that means it's like two hours by myself. Yeah. But those but, times, yeah. I mean, look, I don't even have kids and I feel like there's times where, and this is totally me making excuses because I, you know, it's like, 
you put your value in where you put your time, right? Yep. So sometimes we forget to put ourselves in that value category and make time for things like journaling or like reflection. I know that one thing that I realize is that my stress levels or the way that I process and think through even business or relationships Mm -hmm. or friends or whatever, it is almost heightened if I don't take those moments to like journal or reflect. And I, I was even talking to a friend about how one of the biggest things that I do is like, I don't we don't give ourselves enough credit, right? Mm -hmm. We can have all these achievements in a year. And then we look back at 2019, we're like, well, what the hell did we do? Yeah. And if you kind of don't almost, like you said, reflect or write these things out or start realizing, oh, no, wait, look, I did this. Or, oh, no, wait, look, this this special thing happened. Yeah. You kind of get lost in your, like you kind of get inside your own head, right? And yeah. And sometimes it's like, maybe 2019 was just the year that you were happy. Yeah. Right. Like, why is that not okay? Yeah. Like, why is it that like, you know, if you have a good business and your business is great and it's like just ticking away Mm -hmm. and you were happy, like, it's like everyone in this day and age, like we're not okay with just being happy. And it's like, man, sometimes you just have to like go to the beach and be like, this is where I live. a lot of money to vacation here like it's okay like 2019 was great and like I have my same job because it is I mean my job is quite literally like always a ladder climb it's always a ladder climb and one of the questions I always get asked is like so we've seen you grow up for 11 years like when do you think you'll anchor and I'm like I don't know yeah. I'm like, it might be nice, but you know, I fill in every once in a while and it's great. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to LA? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm like right now I'm just happy Yeah, and oh. it's okay. And like a lot of people work really hard to work here, Yeah, you know, and like be able to own a home and like, just be able to like, not have to worry about paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. which is like a great feeling. Like, yeah, totally. you know, for many of us, it's like, I, I would imagine myself, you know, with several roommates trying to live in PB like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and figure it out. And now it's like, you know, it's just like, you're good. Right. I think that's such a breath of fresh air. And I think too, you know, I want to dive into social media with you mm-hmm. in a second, but you know, there is this, especially for women, there's this really, there's this new wave trend of like pressure to climb these ladders mm-hmm. and pressure to prove yourself. Because yeah. now we have all this spotlight on us mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Like you said, for, you know, the women out there that are like, well, wait a minute, I'm very content. Mm-hmm. I don't need to feel like I'm constantly out here, you know, chipping away at this career or doing something monumental. Like I'm very, very content with everything. And I think yeah. too, that comes back to gratitude mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of people talking about you know, that you're, it's okay to be where you're at. It's okay to be where you're at in life. You know, Mm -hmm. and like you said, if there are potential opportunities, that's great, but maybe they're not for you right now. Yeah. Gosh, social media is so interesting. I think I, I would say that, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like, (laughs) it's like trying in the very beginning of all of Instagram and everything, I think, especially in our business, like we tried to analyze so much of like, what's going to be a great post and, you know, especially being in media where it's like, why waste your time if it's not a great post kind of deal. And I get all of that, but you also could waste half of your day on what is a great post, right? Where it's like, sometimes just use it for what it's there for. It's Instagram, not <laughs> curate a gram, you know? It's, I love that you just said that because, you know, so many people, and I ask them all the time, I have influencers on here. I have CEOs of marketing agencies. Yeah. I have everybody on here. And it, 
everyone says the same thing, but I don't think that they nailed it as perfectly as you just nailed it. And it's that authenticity. Yeah. It's literally using it for what it is. And it's to be social. It's mm-hmm. to show your friends. It's to hang out. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that, you know, and nowadays too, we're working with influencers. You know, they're charging this money because it does. It takes them literally eight so to 10 hours. So much time. To put together an Instagram yeah. post. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. If you're using it as a business tool, it has set up some like amazing opportunities for women to be stay-at-home moms, mm-hmm. for women to be, you know, their office building is their living room in their pajamas kind yeah. of deal. And these, these girls are go-getters too. Like I have some friends that are in that biz and I am like you are a hustler and you are amazing. And I could not even imagine if I wanted to take that route and be an influencer, like where I would start because it's just so out of my realm of like the quote unquote hustle. But I will say it is, there's something interesting that I think that I've learned from them. And that's like, if I do want to share post the instantaneous post, that it is kind of beautiful to take the photo, take the video or whatever, when you are at the moment, whether it's celebrating an anniversary or your kid's birthday or whatever. And then once the kid's napping or whatever, then you can share those moments with your family. So you're not sitting in the corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coming up with all of your posts while everyone else is enjoying happy birthday or whatever. So there's something to be learned from these women who have like, they figured it out, yeah. right? Like they've they've definitely nailed it. They figured it out, and then businesses are are figured it out, right? Which is super smart. But I think in the age of of someone being like on TV and having an Instagram and all that, it becomes a lot, and you have to kind of choose what you're going to be. Right. You know, are you going to be that person who's just doing Instagram all day? Or are you going to focus on this and then have your Instagram on the side? And I kind of have gone that route where like I want people, I want to like bring our viewers back to our product mm-hmm. always. Yeah. And I hope that I can find younger viewers to still come and watch the news because it is young and it's still like, if you're young, you want to still know what's going on in the world. Absolutely. And here's a way to see it locally in San Diego. And we have fun people to watch, right? So like, we'll always bring you in and make you part of the family. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It was interesting because when I was walking around the other day, I had a girl and she was like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. It's actually several times. It's like people say that. And then I'm like, oh, do you watch our show? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, Wait, what? Like, that's always that's always an interesting factor. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm always like, oh, okay. And they're like, we just don't have time in the morning or we don't have TV. Like, yeah. you get that a lot. Which, so, which tell, me, tell me about how this is playing out now. Yeah. You, know, you have social media. How does that How does that play into the news? It's interesting because we don't have large a crew as I would think we would and it's growing it's definitely growing but it's like when you're in a local market and you're in san diego we're market 28 and so we're not the top you only have so much money and resources to do things with and the news is the news and the news broadcasting on tv is the bread and butter and so you're seeing it play out in there we have an amazing social team of some um, young bright minds that like they they know where to post they know how to do it and get the message out or facebook's doing great or instagram's doing great as for all of us who are in the morning show are a little bit more light and fun you kind of choose as a reporter like what you're going to do for me it's content's so easy yeah you know i'm producing my stuff every day i have something really fun to share so i put that on my stories every day and i hope that at some point it would bring people back to Fox five and maybe it won't. I'm not really sure. There's no analytics on that. Right. Like who do I always bring back to Fox five? It'd be cool. Right. If my phone could tell me who turns in to watch us on TV, that'd be amazing. And then that service would be something really cool. But I guess I've never thought about that. 
I, there, you're right. There aren't really, I mean, I guess we can kind of like maybe at the back end of some Google analytics. I don't, actually, I don't even think so. Yeah. But depending on where they watch it. Yeah. But that is really interesting. But yeah. I also think too, is like you were saying, like to, the whole point is to bring the viewers back to the product. Like you are showcasing the product. It's just on your own. Yeah. And so maybe they're like, well, I already got it. So yeah. I'm good to go. You know, that's so interesting. And yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I have to, I have to mention this and I'm wondering too, I don't even know if you're allowed to talk about this, but <laughs> I was with, I was with a client of ours and he came to us and we've been running social media and digital marketing for him. And he's uh, right now working on getting in all these grocery stores nationwide. Yeah. And he approached us and he said, Hey, they're asking for all my social channels you know, are like, we good to go to show them. I'm like, of course you're good to go. But what do you mean they're asking for all your social channels? I've never heard that before. And he goes, yeah, he goes, now uh, grocery stores are legitimate, like legitimizing brands based on their social following. And oh, wow. if certain products don't have a legitimate Instagram or they're even asking for certain products to be verified. Interesting. And so now I'm kind of like curious. I mean, is that something that's playing into you guys? You know, is social followings no. and being present on social media important? I wouldn't say so. I would say it's always fascinating to see guests, right? Like even mm -hmm. beforehand, when you would like book a guest to come on the show, yeah. I would say their legitimacy wouldn't necessarily be based on followers. It still is kind of like you look at their background, mm -hmm. like if they're a nutritionist, you want to see like what other shows they've been on, okay. what they're doing. Yeah what kind of certificates they have. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I know we have certain doctors on and um, different people and that it doesn't matter what their social following is. You right. know, it's like, it's like, what have they done? Where have they, you know, where's their research been out of yeah. and, and that side of things for me, it's always interesting. Cause I guess I always look to see if they have a social media yeah. because I don't want to end up at some place in the morning that doesn't exist or like some, <laughs> you know, it's like, gosh, it's so early in the morning and you get Has there and you're like, uh, there's been some interesting stories. I wouldn't say that like the place didn't exist, but places have like definitely been under construction. And so, oh, no. yeah. And I'm not going to say names because I don't want to put anyone under the bus. <laughs> Love all of you or whatever. But like, <laughs> it's definitely things where you're like, I'm pretty sure like when we were going over this, that you said that this was finished. Like we're legit And it's like okay turned on. this live shot into a hard hat tour. <laughs> so, oh like, my god! Like I have enough stories of morning show, like- quirkiness that I, I could definitely <laughs> write a book about and I might maybe I will like I love all my PR people in San Diego but we have had some funny run-ins where I just like I'm like what are you gonna do you know yeah, like happens. yeah it happens wow. and so yeah and I and I like PR is always like a funny thing because I'm like man maybe I could do that one day like it would be super simple love all of you but seriously like come on and um, <laughs> I'm like I could like for, at least for TV the other yeah. side of it I'm like I can tell you about yeah. but I'm also like fascinated by the communication because it truly they truly are like a middleman they're the the game of telephone mm -hmm. you know between me and an owner right. of yeah. a business or yeah. a brand and so it's always so fascinating to see the difference of how the sentence gets by the time it goes back and forth to me and the actual yeah. owner and then once you get there in the morning and they're like no 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 it was like this you know it's always interesting it is totally like a game of telephone mm -hmm. and it's it's you know it is it's super interesting PR is just an interesting concept yeah because you know, again, I'm, I'm on the social media end where I feel like I have one toe in PR, one toe, you know, yeah. not in PR at all. Yeah. 
And it's, it's just interesting that this is like an industry that we still rely so heavily on. Mm -hmm. And it's very needed because the relationships that are built are so key and so crucial. Yeah. And but it, but it's also, it is kind of funny because at the end of the day, if we talk about it, it's very, it's very much coordinated. Right? Yeah. Oh that's yeah. All it is. Well, I mean, there's, there's a couple girls. I shouldn't say that's all it is. That's traditional PR, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple girls here locally that have hands down, like done stuff for me. Like I'm like, Hey girls, like I have something that like opened up tomorrow totally. and like, I really don't want to be working until 5 PM with a company that potentially could come back and be like, we don't have anything for you mm-hmm. still, but I'm going to work on it for you. And then they come back and say like, we can't get up. Like we don't have it. It's not here. Whereas like these girls are, you know, like sometimes they're the eyes to the city. So when they have clients lined up who've been waiting for a live shot forever yeah. and I kind of have overlooked them or maybe put them on a long list of priorities and they're kind of number 10 or 11 totally. and they can say, oh, remember this place? Yeah. And I can say, oh yeah, let's throw them in there. Yeah. And so it's people like that, that it's always great for me to have a great relationship with. And then, you know, like we're all up in the morning having coffee together and you get to know these people who really do have great intentions. Yeah. And most of the people who are living here, like I've met so, so many great people. I, I have to say, I feel like, you know, I work with a couple of PR agencies out of LA and I love the PR agencies in San Diego. Yeah. Dude, I love yeah. <laughs> a lot. Of, there's a lot of strong women in these agencies yeah. and they, man, they can get it done. Yeah. It's sure. been cool. I've seen them all like grow these little agencies and then they like someone in the agency will have babies and then they'll start their own and grow their own. So, I mean, trust me, it's been a little confusing for me. I love you girls, but like, holy cow, you know, it's like, I was like, wait, who's representing the people in Balboa Park now? I'm like, darn it. You know, they're all changing because as soon as someone has a baby, then they go and start their own. But um, it's always, it's always fun to hang out with them. And it's, it's so true because you get, there's so many, like, what do they call Just like boutique, uh, one-off, yeah. Yeah. It's like two girls in an office doing their thing. Yeah. So and they freaking hustle. I love yeah. it. So we're going to move into some rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I made more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your favorite Instagram to stop? Skinny Confidential. Yes! I know. I love her. Can and you believe I, the announcement? I know. I know. Her, I stalk her. And if my husband listens to this, he'll be so sad. But I seriously hawk stock Henry Cavill like every day. I'm like, oh, what is this workout today? Like, what is he doing? And he doesn't post that much. So I'm like, Henry, come on, keep sharing. The women need more from you. They need um, more. I literally like found him when he was at Comic-Con. I'm like, I'm the stalker. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. But yeah, Lauren and I her a little bit ago and she's just sweet as they come. And you always wonder sometimes with big influencers like that, like, are they really how they are or have they made themselves a certain way because it's getting a certain part of their attention, you know, or whatever is happening. And like, she is it. She is like so cool and down to earth and actually like really, really sweet. Yeah. Like a sweetheart and a lady. And I was kind of like, oh my goodness, like you're so kind and sweet. And we just obviously being who she is started sharing makeup tips like right away. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we're basically best friends. She is honestly, she's, I feel like she's always like our claim to fame out of San Diego. I feel like every time I have someone on the show, they're like, yeah, dude, I just, I follow her. I love her. I, I mean, yeah, I think I started reading her blog like way back before she even had the podcast and the YouTube yeah. channel and she's great. Yeah. And I, Super it's, great. it's always fascinating to me that like she and like a day could show like 80,000 products and I'd be waiting for the 80,000 and one product. <laughs> <laughs> 
what is it? Yeah. But like, but I seriously am like, she must use everything that I want in my life. And I want to just somehow fit it all into one cabinet, you know? Yeah. So I just like props, you know, hats off to her because she's done a fantastic job. And I literally like just want her to like curate my bathroom <laughs> with all the things that I should have in it. Hey, you listen, know? She has a skin fridge. So, yeah, I got it. Know? I'll start there. <laughs> I'll start there. I love it. And she'd okay. probably tell me to use like two more hours to get ready in the morning too. <laughs> she would She would give you a full lymphatic massage morning situation, yeah. <laughs> all that fun stuff. I need sure. it. I need it. I love it. Okay. What about, do you have like a go-to self-love or wellness practice? I really don't. Honestly, I just pride myself on the fact that I, in the morning, have like my routine that's always the same every day. And it's like, I get up, wash my face and have like two things. It's like a vitamin C, uh, a moisturizer that I put on. And it's like my main thing. And I always put on a zinc, like it's a tented zinc. And so like, I've got that, brush my teeth, you know, easy one. But then I always have warm lemon water in the morning with probiotic. I have a liquid vitamin C that I ingest. Is it by that one brand? It's like a little white like packet. Like no, that's lipo. That's a lipid one. No, okay. I don't do that one. This one's like full on liquid. I got it from my, um, an acupuncturist here locally and it's her like whole, it's not her line of stuff, but you know, she, a lot of people like sell stuff out of their office. Yeah. And then I take glutathione too, which is just like really good at helping to remove like heavy metals and toxicity and all of that. So it's no surprise that immune systems are suppressed when you don't get a lot of sleep. So I have like found these things to be like my self-care in the morning, whether it's like 10 minutes to just like take it all. Like I'm like, okay, this is my thing. This is what I take every morning. And it just like sets my intentions for the day. I don't have a lot of like moments where I sit there and do anything special. I mean, I always exercise, but that's kind of like a given, I guess. Like for some people that's like their, this is my self-care or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's just kind of like a given for me. Like yeah. I, I, I am going to exercise, but yeah, this thing in the morning, I think it took me a while to have a routine Yeah, for whatever reason. And then it's no. been like the last two, three years, I guess that I was like, no, no, I need to like have a morning routine. So. It's actually funny you say that because I'm I'm very non-routine. I love spontaneity. Spontaneity? Spontaneity. spontaneity. <laughs> there we go. I, I was getting there. It's Monday. But, you know, I, and I just never was like kind of one of those people. And literally in the last two years, I'm like, no, I have to wake up. I have to do my coffee situation. It's yeah. a very bougie coffee situation. <laughs> and I like need it. Like yeah. I need, like you said, and I think it is too. It goes into like your health and yeah. like, you listening to your body and what yeah. you need in the morning. And I love that. Yeah. I'm surprised you said warm lemon water though. I for sure thought you were going to say coffee. Coffee comes, it's, I'm such a weird coffee drinker. So I make my coffee after I do everything. Okay. And it's like 6am. I finally make my coffee. Is that like on your so way to work? Like it's you like, on your way to work? no. So I'm already in work. I've done my hair and my makeup. I've done my first like oh. live teas. Oh. And then I go and I make my coffee. I, I put the MCT oil in it. I don't do any creamers. It's just like, it's, it's coconut oil. Mm-hmm and collagen and then I put coffee in my mug and it stays warm because I have one of those crazy what are those mugs called I don't know what it takes like two hours for the thing to be like cold enough to even drink because it like make it's so hot is it like a yeti like a yeti but it's like the non-yeti like the pretty girl yetis I don't I (laughs) forgot what it's called there's like an arctic one yeah it's like yeah they're super pretty. They sell them at in North Park at that cute little place now I'm like it's I is it ember no, I know what Ember is, that's though. That's the one I want, where you can set your temperature. Corksicle. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. It's on the tip of my tongue. Corksicle. Yeah. I mean, they're amazing. It literally takes me almost 30 minutes to an hour to drink my coffee. So I won't even be done with my coffee until about 830. I'm, I kid you not. I'm like nursing it like I'm in the ER. Like it's just like totally sipping on this thing. And so I feel like it kind of like keeps me going through the morning. I love it. I love it. Yeah, love that's it. my thing. Okay. What about your go-to cocktail? Oh, recently it has been a spicy marg, <laughs> spicy skinny marg. I know. I yeah. feel like, okay, it's really funny because everyone says spicy margarita on this podcast and I think it's a San Diego thing. It has to be. It I has really to be. am starting to think yeah. so because like everywhere else people are like wine, bourbon, you know, whiskeys, yeah. whatever. And I'm like, I just can't. San Diego spicy it's, it's, and they make them skinny so we make them good uh-huh. so they're not like super I mean death by tequila and Encinitas oh my god like so good although it does live up to its name so be careful trust me I know yeah so just such good margaritas I mean that's like my go-to going out if I'm at home and it's like I have a Friday night routine where my girlfriend and I we run with the double strollers Oh my gosh. And then we have wine afterwards. Oh, that is <laughs> so great. So like, this is every Friday. We just like know what's going to happen. Yeah. The kids play and we have rosé. And that's just like. That's so nice. What you do. I so, love that. Yeah. I love it. Okay. What about your favorite reality TV show? Oh my gosh. I am such a bachelor bachelorette. Like <laughs> it's not even a guilty pleasure. It is just a pleasure. Like I am not guilty at all about it. I'm like, you know what? Like this is happening. And I didn't really glom onto bachelor in paradise this last season though. I was like, mm, I don't know. It just like, wasn't, wasn't doing I it for me. I didn't. Yeah. It either. And I'm usually, I, I usually, here's the thing. I start off with like the first solid three episodes. Of yeah. Bachelor, bachelorette. Yeah. Then I fall off and I can't and come back. Yeah. yeah. And then I come back a little toward the end. Right? Yeah. And then I get hooked on Bachelor in Paris. Totally. Yeah. Can't get hooked. I know. Yeah, I couldn't this season. time. I'm not really sure. Maybe it was a little too serious. I feel like people were like, it just needed to be a little bit more fun. Like people were yeah. getting kind of serious early on. And I was like, oh, I mean, you're on the show. Like it's yeah, not, you know. Loosen up. Yeah. So I started watching it when I was on maternity leave because I could finally stay up. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so that was always really fun. But that's that's kind of it. Yeah, okay. I don't really get into a ton of TV. Yeah, I know. Bash Nation, dude. It's a good yeah. One. What about any podcast? A lot. I'm like trying to remember the names of them. Like Joe Rogan's always on when we're driving. It just is. Like he's he's hilarious to listen to. And sometimes you need something like in the morning that's just going to like educate you a little bit, be a little fun. And like, I don't know, for whatever reason, we were listening to like the Bernie Sanders one that he had on. So it's like, you know, it's just interesting. He, every, he's just on point with what's going on in the world with his guests, which I always find interesting. I was listening to the Gold Digger podcast yeah, with Jenna, Jenna Kutcher. Kutcher. She's really sweet, but I don't know. There was like yeah, you know, sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's like, all right, cool. Got it. Like moving on. And then a lot of ones about like um, natural health and wellness. Okay. I'm trying to like remember the names of all of them. Do you but, listen to any Goop? Um, I haven't listened to Goop, but I've been told like great yeah. ones. But these are more sciencey. Okay. So there's like some really interesting um, podcasts just about like the science behind um, wellness and kids immunity and raising them, not eating crap, Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things that seemed so simple when you were like pregnant and you're like, my kids are never going to eat dino chicken nuggets. And then all of a sudden you're the mom <laughs> on Tuesday night, popping those things in the toaster. And you're like, I should never do this. And then you read about all the bad stuff that we've been fed it's, as kids a, too. Yeah. It's like, I grew up on McDonald's and mac and cheese and I'm like, I I'm, probably gonna, I'm probably just full of cancer as I'm 
speaking right now, but I made it this far. Yeah. It's hard. It is a balance. Like we have Tuesday night is swim night and I'm like, I'm never prepared. Why am I never prepared for the same (laughs) thing that's been happening for a year? And so, yeah, so it's always interesting. Like I, kids won't starve themselves surprisingly enough. Like if you give them vegetables, eventually they will eat them. But it is like, it's a crazy thing to like see your kid not eat the vegetables, ask for like French fries. And you're like, we're not eating French fries. And then they go to bed and you're like, my kid ate nothing tonight. And you're like, but then like two days later, he eats the bro- like the broccoli. And you're like, I like rejoice for parents around the entire world. Like my kid just ate broccoli, which by the way, we call dinosaur trees in our house. But that is the cutest thing ever. You call them dinosaur trees? Yeah. Tr- dinosaur trees. Like oh, they're tree. trees. The Brachiosaurus oh. eats the dinosaur, the tree, right? It's a dinosaur. So anyway, I will do anything to get my kids to eat vegetables. <laughs> and I think it's mainly because I don't want to make two meals, like yeah. eat what we're having. But I get it. And it's a struggle so real. It's, I get it, dude. I'm, actually, I don't get it. I don't have kids. I have two very picky dogs. There you go. So <laughs> I'm like just, and they both have, poor thing. So the golden retriever has to eat with the Frenchie eats because the Frenchie has crazy bad allergies. And the oh, those likes, Frenchies. Man, and he likes to go back and forth between both like bowls. So the golden retriever, who's like the little brother, like kind of just has to follow. Does he snort brother. too a lot? Yeah, I love them. Pig. They're so cute. He's a total pig. They're so cute. And you have to get them to eat their bland, bland allergy, hypoallergenic. Yeah. Food, so I know. Plus their little hearts. <laughs> they're little. What are they? They're like man-made dogs. I mean, they're so Dude, cute. They yeah. are. That's why they have so many problems. I know. Poor guys. They're but so cute. Yeah, they're so cute. Well, dude, you've been so much fun on this podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story. I do have one last question for you. And that is what does influence mean to you? You know, it's, uh, I think nowadays when you think of influence, a lot of people, like what first pops into your mind is like the beautiful girl looking off into the ocean or whatever. And like this girl must have so much power taking these photos or whatever. But I think when I start to like look through my feed and and see people who I follow, like you want it to be smart people who are making change. Yeah. Right. You want it to be people who are thoughtfully putting words on the page that are going to change your life or tell a story about their own that might um, transfer to your own. Right. So that, cause that's what it's all about. It's about making connections with other people. And so I think that's something that we would all hope for. So when I think of influence, I think of people out there who are, are literally like waking up in the morning and hoping to share a story to change other people's lives. And that's beautiful. Hopefully in a, in a pretty, photographic way right (laughs) (laughs) I love it all right Heather where can we find you drop all the handles drop all the plugs okay well I'll tell you my plug right now because long I'll kind of bring it to full circle because I am running the New York City Marathon and I'm doing it for the charity that I talked about and I have a crazy goal of ten thousand dollars which will actually do two huge scholarships for some special forces um military guys so Um, yeah, so I'm hoping to raise all that money. Um, and I am putting all that information up on, it's on my Instagram right now, Heather Lake TV. It's on my bio, the links in my bio, if you want to donate and the race is November 3rd. So I've got some pretty long training runs ahead of me, um, (laughs) to get ready for it, but I'm feeling good. Like everything's feeling good. Heather Lake on, I have a public page on Facebook. And then I have not done a ton of work on my blog, but I know we've been talking about this, Whitney. I have a uh, like a photo shoot in the works, yeah. so I won't be eating for the next two weeks. And <laughs> and um, but yeah, it's called thatgirlonthego.com. And I put some stuff up there every once in a while to like share. And eventually I'll be 
when the kids go to school, I've realized I have a little bit of extra time and I'll be snapping away at some stuff there. So that'll be something that I'm more prevalent, but you can always find me on Instagram. I'm always on there. Heather Lake TV is uh, is where it's at. I love it. So guys go find her, go watch her in the morning. She's absolutely hilarious. You don't have time to watch the news in the mornings. Her stories are the best. So (laughs) thanks thanks so much for going under the influence with us. You're welcome.